When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen, your host, you know me, and we have an amazing, amazing guest today. I'm so excited to bring him in. But before I do, I want to remind you guys that we have amazing DST merch at Shop Etches. Currently, I'm wearing our health and wellness crew. It's great. It's cute. It's comfy. And I love to just kind of chill in it. And so go to shop.betches.com. Just type in health and wellness crew, type in DST, you know what to do. And you know what else you guys know really well how to do is leave us a five-star review. That would be so nice. If you really like the show, just leave a nice review. Just be like, hey, love DST. Can't wait for the next episode. Here are some ideas. Or here's my favorite thing about DST. Just do that. I love you for it. You can even DM me and tell me that you did it and I'll answer you. So (laughs) please go do that. And one more thing is just a reminder that Sammy's going to be back with me next week for DST Back for a Second. So don't forget to subscribe. Those episodes, they're bonus episodes. They come out twice a month and you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. As a reminder, on Apple Podcasts, that bonus episode shows up on the regular DST feed, but on Spotify, you have to go to a separate feed. I don't know why they do it, but they do it. And you just have to simply search for Diet Starts Tomorrow back for seconds and find the exclusive feed for subscribers. I know it's confusing, but it's kind of easy when you figure it out. So now I am so, so excited to introduce our amazing guest today. He is hilarious. He's relatable. He's a TikTok and Instagram star and wears a lot of beanies that do not hit his ears. (laughs) And even more importantly, he's a mental health advocate. So welcome to ZST, Rod Thill, who you guys might just know as Rod or just me, Rod. Yeah. Hey. Depends on the platform. (laughs) (laughs) Do you go by Rod though? I go by Rod. Yeah. At Rod. Yeah. I used to have just me, Rod on both platforms. And then one day someone at TikTok was like, Hey, if you could have any handle, what would it be? Do you like just me Rod or whatever? And I was like, I guess Rod would be it. And then he, <laughs> he later that day texts me and goes, check your new handle. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So I guess I'm going by Rod on TikTok, which is cool. That's you know? so nice. Yeah. It's cool to have that unlock. That's great. Well, welcome to the show, Rod. Yeah. Not just you. me, Rod, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I really thought that you've been sort of doing this like millennial 
work TikTok thing forever. But recently I learned that it was just like a pandemic thing turned mid pandemic even. Yeah. It's just a little pandemic, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, just every, I mean, my team loves to post, to share your stuff. I, well, I kind of, and I, I don't want to get emotional, but I, I, I've, I actually um, have told some people on your team this, that I attribute a lot of my success to Betches because you guys were like one of the first big, you know, platforms and social media pages to promote me. So thank you for, for oh, helping well, me get started. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I really want to talk about like your success. But first, I want to know, like, this came out of like, you have a full time job, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I, I have a different full time job than when I started. But I, yeah, I was working full time. And now you sort of have two full time jobs. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's What's lot. your job a so my my job. So I was when I started all this, I was just working at like a corporate tech sales or selling like shipping and logistics, which is just like the least sexy thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> and then started making the videos. And then like, wow, I could maybe do marketing. So I started looking at some marketing jobs, I quit for a little bit and pursued this full time. But then I realized, you know, I miss being on zoom calls. And I miss like, the <laughs> a little bit more stability. So now I do um, consulting with brands for creators, which is cool. It's just, you know, talking oh. to brands and making sure they know how um, the creator world functions, because a lot of them don't. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic when you said that you miss Zoom calls. Like, I don't know oh, no, I do. I love, well, I mean, you know, it's just I'm, I crave human interaction. There's anything yeah. I've learned in the pandemic is, I, is I'm an introverted extrovert, whatever you call that. So I, yeah. I need that human interaction. I mean, but but we we need like in person interaction, well, right? Yeah, that too. But I even just like <laughs> sometimes I'll be sitting, especially for me. Like I feel like I'm not being successful if I'm not like doing something during the workday. You know, I can't yeah. be the kind of person where it's like I have a I have a day not doing anything. I'm gonna take advantage of it. I still sit in front of my computer, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and be like, "There's something's wrong. I have to do something." You know, I feel you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so then, how did you just start post? You you started posting about like what made you do it? Yeah, well, so I loved Vine. Right, yeah. remember like the seven second videos, you know, the revining. Mm-hmm. A lot of the YouTube stars rose out of that platform, and then TikTok came along during the quarantine, and I was like, "Oh, you know, this is amazing! It's going to be just like Vine." And then I got on and tried watching some videos or tried understanding how to make one. I'm like, I can't do this at all. So I hopped off mm-hmm. as the over as millennials get overwhelmed super easily, and then quarantine picked back up. And then I was like, you know what? Let's get back on started actually making videos and then I struck a chord with this like nostalgic work from home content hybrid that I made and then just posted about my real anxieties I have about working and that I talked about in therapy with my boss or with my therapist about my boss and people were like (laughs) hard relate yeah so then I just kept making those videos and then I started doing like my millennial recaps where I you know educate on gen z trends and pop culture and now that's kind of mm-hmm. my brand. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really impressive. Yeah. So is there ever like a conflict? I mean, now I guess I'm assuming there's no conflict with your job, but was there one before because you were sort of complaining about work? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I did take a lot of my like, whenever I talked about like a toxic workplace or whatever, it was about the uh, uh, past jobs, you know, which they know mm-hmm. who they are, I think, because a couple of them have reached out. I'm like, well, um, <laughs> but really? I worked, yeah, they they were like, love your stuff. And I'm like, do you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about yeah, you. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's about you, right? Um, but yeah. no, I was talking to my the, I remember the first Slack message I got when I started making the videos was from my like my direct manager. And she was mm-hmm. like, my friend just sent me this. And her friend didn't know it was me. And I was like, oh <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess we should talk about this. And she's like, yeah, it's great. And they were like super supportive. And then like 
one day I was in an all hands meeting, which we don't know what an all hands meeting is. It's just like a company wide meeting that is pointless. That could be an email. No offense if you host them for <laughs> <Not> bitches. <laughs> quarterly. Yeah, quarterly. As yeah. needed. Yeah. Ours were weekly. So it was very much. Oh my yeah. God. But they, um, I was just sitting, obviously camera off, ignoring it, scrolling TikTok. And then I heard my voice and like, what is that? And then I oh looked and it was a startup. So it's like 150 people, but my TikTok was playing at the all hands on the all hands meeting. And I was like, so then the whole company found out but they were super supportive they loved it they even said when i quit if i wanted to come back i could so that's so funny Mm -hmm. were they like calling you out or it was just like a coincidental they were just like we wanted to start today they usually start with you know a funny youtube video or a meme or something Mm -hmm. you know just camaraderie and they used me one day and then it's even funny because sometimes like our old ceo will my old ceo will buy a cameo from me or something and like oh, so, oh that's, yeah, it's so that's sweet. supportive yeah I'm like, like you, just, you just have me facetime in i don't know but <laughs> well so okay so you talk about anxiety mm-hmm. and like mental health well that's actually how this kind of came to be is that i heard you talk on uh victoria garrick's podcast which who also was a previous guest and she's also friends with natalie right like, yep. it's all full it's, circle. it's so crazy yeah but, but we connected separately and she's like yeah it's all full circle that's so funny how you talked about like body image and mental health with that. So how did you start even like just talking about it or because you even talked about um like anxiety when it comes to work. Can you talk about that? Have you been going to therapy forever? I hadn't been going to therapy forever. I definitely grew up and I don't know if it's just like they, I'm 31, going to be 32 this year. And I feel like this mid millennial cusp was like there were people who started to get it when we were younger that's you know like therapy could be helpful but i know and just the way that i grew up in the community i grew up in they were like no therapy's bad like therapy means like yeah you need help you know and it was just your parents do everything to make you not have to go to therapy even when i first started going my mom was like what did i do wrong and it's like yeah yeah nothing, you didn't that's do definitely it. the generation tried to raise, yeah exactly you just tried to raise me the best you could and i just need an unbiased opinion that I can talk to that I know I can confide in. And um, all that to say, yeah, I didn't grow up with it. I was kind of turned away from it. And then mm-hmm. about like six or seven years ago, I, you know, just was kind of going through it and found a therapist that I liked. And, you know, obviously as people do, they graduate from therapists or they try a couple of different ones. Um, I'm mm-hmm. in between therapists right now. I'm looking for a new one, which I think it's just completely normal to talk about because a lot of people get scared with that too. But I haven't always done therapy and I do definitely see value in it, which has pushed me to be more open and honest about my anxieties and the things that I talk about in therapy with other people. Cause I know not, unfortunately not everyone has the resources to, to pursue yeah. it. So what specifically do you like, what about anxiety or like, what about the things that you talk about on TikTok? Cause I mean, TikTok can be pretty like surface level. Mm-hmm. So how, so how do you go about sharing the message of mental health? Yeah, I think at first it was just kind of putting it in a humorous way uh, and then <laughs> kind of easing the blow with these mis- uh, millennial nostalgic songs like, you know, random <laughs> one hit wonders like 18s or Bewitched Say La Vie. I uploaded this morning um, a, a lot song. of Jesse McCartney. So it was just like and that's one thing my therapist has always told me as well as if I was feeling down or if I was feeling, you know, like a depressive episode to turn on my favorite movie from when I was a kid or to listen mm-hmm. to a playlist or an old CD that I had. And then I kind of took that and put that onto TikTok and put onto the real world. It is amazing how nostalgia does make you feel better, and it's right? it's even wild because that these songs that I use, I, I was, so I grew up, which I'm sure we'll talk about, I grew up overweight. Um, I was obese medically and had a hard time with that, was bullied obviously because of it, which happened a lot. 
I was bullied for my masculinity because I wasn't the most masculine. I was put into boxes, you know, when I was still trying to f- figure myself out. So I just escaped from the world through music. I would sit alone at lunch and just put on my headphones and listen to these songs mm-hmm. that I'm now using in videos, which is just so interesting and kind of full circle to, to see that transition. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So you just briefly shared, and I really Mm -hmm. want to get into it, about your past with like body image and you said you grew up obese and that really affected your mental health. So can you Mm -hmm. just talk about that? What was that like? Yeah, it was, it was really hard. And, you know, just, I grew up with my, (laughs) it's so funny. I grew up with a grandma who loved to cook, who I was really close with. And even when I lost weight, she told me I wasn't fun anymore because I wouldn't eat everything (laughs) she put on my plate. But I just kind of grew up in that environment, you know, and. My mom was a big component of fad diets. You know, she did Atkins. She always had slim fast or the lean cuisine meals, you know, which I still love a lean cuisine flatbread as much as the next person. But then there's the pressure of like, I didn't like sports, right? And I just wasn't athletic and I'm still not coordinated. I obviously like to work out, but, I, you know, I couldn't throw a ball if you paid me. Um, and so I just, you know, kind of regressed to the opposite way of just, you know, like computer, TV, you know, just like not being active, right? Um, which then pushed me to be overweight and, you know, the anxiety and all of that kind of kept me in the space of, um, like isolation, you know, and then I just used food as a vice instead of activity, instead of socializing. And then growing up, how old were you? Oh, I think I started when I was like 12 is when I really started. Yeah. Because naturally like growing up, I was very thin, um, and I still have like a thin frame. Like, it's really hard for me to put on muscle, but I um, just never had a fast metabolism, I guess. And college came, you know, everyone gains weight in college, you know, escape the house. And my, it's so funny, my, looking back, I was talking to my dad about it yesterday, actually. He did so much to make sure that he supported me. Like, he never forced me to play football or anything, but he wanted me to be active so bad that he was, like, do taekwondo with me and all this stuff. And I just hated it, hated it. <laughs> and then college hit, you know gained weight. I was at 350 pounds. Um, I'm six, five. So, you know, like proportionally it's, it's I was going to ask how tall you are. You seem very tall. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Sometimes I'll see people, see people in public and like, you are, you give off short people energy and I'm like, okay. Oh no. I always, I seem tall. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe that's where the phone frame. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Um, but then I started, um, Oh, I was, went through a breakup that wasn't even like we dated for three months. It wasn't, the breakup didn't affect mm-hmm. me, but I think it was just like I was sitting on my couch 
and I had lied to my parents and told them I was going to a gym that they were paying a membership for. And so I just went to the gym one day and started walking on the treadmill and then started running on the treadmill. And then, you know, like maybe I should pick up some weights and started picking up weights. Um, I started reading nutrition labels, but then it got to the flip side where I was, man, I was using my fitness pal, which I, I love the app, you know, like just making sure, you know, you understand macronutrients and it taught me a lot about, you know, what macronutrients are and a well-balanced meal, mm-hmm. but it got to an addiction to a point where I lost a hundred, no, yeah, 160, 170 pounds in seven months. Um, because I was like running six miles oh, a day. Wow. I was eating 1200 to 1600 calories a day. I was my friend's we're just like, I was losing friends because like, we can't go out with you because you are so like, every time I put a French fry in my mouth, I was like, so obsessive about freaked it. Out. And that's when I sought therapy because, yeah. you know, and then turned out I had an anorexia, you know, and you know, it's just like crazy, the flip side that, that I lived with. It was, it was, it was wild. And even I lived with that for a couple of years until I found a, a pretty healthy relationship with food. I feel like right now I'm in a weird spot where I'm kind of going back towards like my original ways, you know, of just like using food as a vice, but, um, I am using, you know, um, as you talk about non-scale to, to keep me going that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, stepping on the scale twice a day. Right. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, I've definitely also been there. Yeah, yeah. And I also feel like in, when you're younger, like you talked about being like bullying, mm-hmm. people are bullying you. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like that being in that body and I can 100% relate is that like that also discourages you from doing anything active. Like you don't want to be seen like that. I feel like right now you I'm know? going through it with just quarantine. You know, everyone went through it during quarantine. Some people had mm-hmm. the resources to keep up with it. I didn't. Um, just home workouts is all I had. And I'll go back to the gym sometimes and I just see these like insanely fit former athletes and I'm like, well, that's not me, you know? And then I just get down yeah. and just like leave, you know, just cause I'm like, it's still, I'm still self-conscious and that's all internal. Like no one's telling me that now it's just how I feel, but it is, it is crazy. Cause even when I was at my thinnest, I wanted to keep losing weight and I physically couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was like, I want to achieve a specific body that I'll never be able to look like. Cause you know, anyone who goes through that intensive a weight loss in that short amount of time is going to have loose skin. Um, is going to have, you know, just their body isn't proportioned and that it wasn't mm-hmm. a continual growth. So it's just, I got in my head about that too, which led to severe body dysmorphia, you know, where even like I was trying to, you know, I was wearing clothes that fit, but then I would look and I would see like a little bit of, you know, a muffin top and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm like need to like lose weight again or, you know, I need, you know, it's just, it mm-hmm. was very unhealthy. You talk about being anorexic, but I think it's also interesting to hear that from a male perspective. How did you deal with that? So it's so interesting because I didn't, I was like at the end of like, when I started going to therapy, I was dealing with it alone. It was and then I, I did, and I got in a relationship that was really healthy, you know, and it was good. And they taught me how to have a really good relationship with food. Your relationship? And my relationship. Yeah. So it's like, you? Okay. it's so interesting. And then but then that's when I was starting therapy as well. And that's when my therapist was like, yeah, you, you, from what, from what he saw, anorexia. Mm-hmm. And I went to psychologists as well. And all that to say, it did, definitely did put things into perspective for me to understand that my life is worth more than my image, you know? And mm-hmm. again, my relationship helped with that. Um, it still helps. And it, it's, it's just, you know, 
it's more about the people that are in your life rather than like the vices I'm realizing. If people, if like Super Bowl, I love eating dip, you know, I'm just massive amounts of dip and that's fine, you know? And then I understand too that like how, how I need to treat my body in order to, to feel healthy and to feel confident because my anxiety is usually higher when I'm not my most confident and when I'm not my most confident is when I'm binge eating, you know, and when I'm, you know, wake mm-hmm. up feeling groggy because I didn't put a vegetable in my body the day before. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, we all know that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So do you you feel that like it's kind of creeping back now? Is it because of work from home or is it? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I think it's work from home. I think it it honestly is also this world that I'm living in now where it's I'm comparing my body so much to to other people. And I'm going to be completely honest with you and the platforms will probably hate that I'm talking about this, but it just sucks looking at someone like Noah Beck who is just like just famous for being hot, you know, and like that's, we've had that our entire life, Brad Pitt, Chris Mm -hmm. Hemsworth, you know, it's like all these people, but especially in the app too, where it's just like people follow hot people just to get their straps. And then I'm like hustling, working my ass off to make a video about anxiety that flops that I spent an hour on when I'm like, maybe if I had a six pack and just danced around for five seconds, you know, I would have more validation. But then that's when I realized too, that that's not what my community wants to see. Right. Like I feel like I, I get snapped into perspective where I'm like, I have nearly a million and a half followers on TikTok and like 750,000 on Instagram. Like who, who do I think I am that I need to like keep like growing and blowing up when it's like, I have these people that I've reached already. So why can't I just keep, even if I just stay where I'm at and reach those people, that's all that matters, you know? I mean, like, I really appreciate your honesty and sharing like something like that, because I, it's, you usually only hear that from like, female yeah comparing all like that thinness that's celebrated on social media and and media but like i really haven't heard that from males perspective it's so interesting too because i i a lot of people talk about their imposter syndrome with work which i definitely do have too where it's like my boss hates me or i'm not doing a good enough job but i also have this imposter syndrome i feel like body dysmorphia is kind of a version of imposter syndrome in itself you know like you're putting on Mm -hmm. clothes that you know that fit that people tell you look good in, but you don't think you look good in them. You can't convince yourself enough, you know? Yeah. I think like the comparing thing, like I think that's so common. I think Mm -hmm. all of us do that. And especially like having a career in social media, how like, I know you sort of said some things about like how to snap back, but like for people who are listening who really struggle with that, like how Mm -hmm. do you suggest sort of, do you have like some mantra in your head? Do you, how do you remind yourself that it's not, yeah. You shouldn't compare. Yeah, absolutely. I First of all, I think that the hardest thing that I've even seen on TikTok, which I don't know if you follow Drew Afuolo, I think is how you say her last no, name. No, I don't. She's this girl. She's amazing. She's amazing. She has her own podcast too, but she basically just tears down misogynistic men who just like basically make fun of women for being overweight or for, you know, like women are just born for like what they were in biblical times, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, what? So basically (laughs) she just tears them down. But one thing that she's even said, because she's a trainer and her boyfriend's a trainer. And I've seen from my therapist too, is that first of all, not all bodies are the same. Like I probably won't ever be able to have that like low ab situation that (laughs) a lot of these men have that I'm like comparing myself to. And that's fine. And I've never been one to like, post thirst traps or probably never would you know um i don't like beach vacations i don't like you know it's not even just because i don't like taking my shirt off but it's just like i don't know i like to i like to 
do other different types of things and that that's okay. So I think to answer your question, long-winded, I think it's just understand that you are a unique person who adds so much value to the world outside of what you look like even, right? Like I think about it, if you were on a Zoom call with all cameras off, what would the person who's leading the Zoom call take away from you versus someone else? You know, like, are you able to give insight? Are you able to show value as an actual person rather than someone who is just a pretty face? Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's really helpful. Yeah. I also, I think about that just to remove the whole camera element of life mm-hmm. and like what it would feel like to just enjoy yourself. Even you talk about being on the beach, mm-hmm. like, or going on trips with people or like friends mm-hmm. or something. And there's a beach or ba- bathing suit or less clothes involved. Yeah, yeah literally. Summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, Winter's here, finally, you know. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Yeah, <laughs> Beanies. Be- okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you're not feeling great about yourself, it almost feels like a threat of a camera being involved somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I wonder, like, sometimes I think about that, like, okay, who cares about whatever who sees me through whatever mm-hmm. lens. It's mm-hmm. just about like showing up yep. and just being yourself because at the end of the day, like this perspective of you from someone else doesn't, while it matters because mm-hmm. that kind of is the way that we communicate, it doesn't really change who you are. Yep. So that kind of helps me at the end of the day when if I'm having like a bad day. Do you ever have like good days, bad days? Or is it pretty even keel? I have good, bad days. Uh, you know, I will be completely transparent because I think life is all about being transparent, especially now with, you know, having this platform just because you never know who you're going to help. Is I've had more bad days recently than good, mm-hmm. but I'm looking back. I'm looking forward to the good days. You know, I've been traveling a lot more recently too, just for work. And tra- I just have never been, I've never really traveled that much until this past year. And usually when I travel, it's like vacations. I'm like, I don't have to work out or I don't have to stay active, you know, and vacation for me usually is revolved around good food, you know, so so I've been in New York in the past. It's like going to the good Italian restaurants, you know? So now when I do that, I still do that, but then I'm doing it once a month, you know? And it's like, it's just, it is getting a little bit difficult there, but I think I'm just finding a balance, you know, I'm just trying to find a good balance in life. Um, But I do have good days as well. I definitely do have good days. How do you um, like sort of, appreciate those good days or are you mm-hmm. just kind of waiting for the next bad day to come like yeah do you deal with that? i'm always waiting it's for the like bad anxiety yeah my anxiety is right. ready for the bad all the time <laughs> no i'm i appreciate the good days i i usually find that my best days too are when i'm around people who make me laugh and people who make me smile and then that's when i feel my best and then that's what gives me the serotonin i need in order to you know get to the gym work out go for a walk you know, stand at my standing desk, the little things too that people do, you know, just to stay, to stay on top of their, you know, their activity or to make sure their Apple watch isn't, you know, buzzing every two seconds. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's just, and I have actually started, as cliche as it sounds, started journaling, you know, because it's something my therapist and I were just working on. I've been thinking about that. I keep hearing everybody, oh my God, the wonders of journaling. Can I show you my (laughs) journal? You're going to die when you see this journal. Yes. Okay, are you ready? So first of all, I have two pens that I use. Yeah. I have this pen. <laughs> like milky pens? A milky pen, a gel pen. It's a jelly roll. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, and then, <laughs> or one of these like click pens where you can click different colors. Um, yes, but I then remember. My Lisa Frank notebook. <laughs> Someone <laughs> gave it to me and they're like, hey, you should start journaling. And then they know obviously my content. So they gave me this Lisa Frank notebook. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. First of all, milky, milky pen, gel pens, like we traded those. Right? Oh, I have it's a vivid bad. memory of me in fourth grade, like biting on the back of one and it exploded onto the girl in front of me. Exploding, and I just yeah. like stayed silent the rest of the class because I was so embarrassed. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I literally ran out and I heard her scream as I'm like on the way out the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I loved monkey pens and loved drawing with them or like the yeah. ones on the black paper that you can draw. Oh, like that. my God. You remember those? Yeah. I also wrote to Lisa Frank in third grade. <laughs> She's an icon. There's a, uh, a blender jet just came out. It's a Lisa Frank limited edition. Those like handheld, those little handheld blenders that are like on Instagram. Oh. Yeah, they did. A, they have oh. a Lisa Frank one. So Lisa Frank is like coming back. As we know, many trends are coming back. Um, Yes, Lisa Frank. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Like as a millennial nostalgia, like aficionado, how do you feel about these things coming back? Or should they stay back and stay fond in our heads? (laughs) I feel like as a man, not too many have come back. For men, it's been more like 90s trends, which I never really like leaned Mm -hmm. into in general, but like really baggy jeans, which I have big thighs and I'm 6'5", so it's just like that will never look good on me. So I've kind of stayed neutral with my style. That came back for women too. Yeah, well, for women too. It doesn't work for a five foot girl either. (laughs) It's just a lot of leg for me to show, to like show a lot of baggy, (laughs) you know? It's like, I feel like, I feel like the trends were for people who are like 5'11", you know? Mm -hmm. Classic. But... I think the trends at first were just like, oh, like this is cool. But now it's like, it's really try hard. It's like Bella Hadid trying to it, like throw herself back into 2002. She's trying to be like, you know, Christina Destiny's child with her thin lip liner, her thin mm-hmm. eyebrows. Her She's bringing back side bangs, which is just so interesting that that's like the trends that are now coming back. We're, we're giving them too much power. Yeah, and she's also they're all everybody's always doing it all at once. Yeah. It's like we got, we got to like ease into the old stuff and then see yep. what sticks. Like uh, yep. I'm not going to be wearing butterfly clips again. Like it's just not going to happen. It's like like can you imagine me getting on this and you have like you're like hello. And she's like yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I did wear I did wear my like scrunchie for you. Yeah, uh, the scrunchie's fine. Um, I was thinking I'm like I need to get ahead of a trend. So I did cuz it's funny a lot of these trends I never partook in or even like the videos that I'm making, like I could did not fit into Hollister, right? Like I wanted to so badly. Even there was one time that my grandma knew how badly I wanted to fit into Hollister that she bought me an old Navy polo and then sewed a little seagull <laughs> that did not even look, it didn't even look like it. That's so funny. But That's so sweet. I did buy a couple Ed Hardy shirts. So I do think Ed Hardy is Recently. like, I, they just came in last week. I do think Ed Hardy's going to make a return. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. As long as you didn't buy like yourself a Von Dutch hat, I think we're okay. <laughs> no, I, I was gifted a Von Dutch hat by Lance Bass, which was really funny. But <laughs> oh, well, then in that case, you have to I, wear yes, it, and it's rainbow. So I'm like, okay, so like probably June. Okay, wear fine, it, yeah. fine. With, with the exception of one of their hats, <laughs> yeah, with, I don't know how I feel. Yeah, with Lance Bass giving it to me, it's fine. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests. Pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Okay, let's go back. Let's say people are listening and, you know, you talking about nostalgia and you making all your content. I think while maybe you're not having a really good day, somebody else is because they're watching mm-hmm. something you make. And I, I know mm-hmm. that doesn't always, like, somebody might tell me, tell me that about my company or something and it doesn't really process you're like okay you know yeah but do you does that do you process that like how do you take in that info because it really like when i watch your content like does make me feel better oh thank you and it's so interesting now that i have to be in the like the biggest thing that gets me down which is so sad because i'm like i was never competitive growing up you know and that you know i was just inclusive and i still am i just want to make sure everyone gets along but it is so easy to compare yourself that mm-hmm. is that is where literally I've heard it for years, but I know Tinks has said it recently, which you know is like really brought it to light for a lot of the younger generation, which is great. Is comparison is a thief of joy. That is one thing that I you know have in my head, but I'll be spiraling and be like, oh my god, this person's getting millions of views for doing the same thing I'm doing, and I'm working just as hard and all this stuff. And first of all, I'm like, I'm an algorithm's not going to be around forever. 
to keep telling myself that, but then I'll, I'll just get a DM from someone and, you know, it's be like, Hey, this video, they'll send me specific reel. Like this made me laugh so hard. I needed it today. Something as small as that just really mm-hmm. made me feel like I am doing this for a reason, you know? And I'll yeah. just be like, you know what? If one person a day sends me that, that's all, that's all I'm doing it for, you know, is, is yeah. to brighten up people's days. And that's why I even started doing it, you know, without the pressure of this like algorithm or continuous growth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it works. Yeah. I mean, the I, I'm glad you brought that Tink's thing up. I mean, I've heard that like a lot of places, but she kind of she repeats it. It gets in my head. Yeah. yeah. But it's also not just even comparison. It's like focusing on the like imbalance of like the negative versus the positive. Mm-hmm. Like getting one negative comment or like oh my god. He- hearing one th- or thinking one negative thing. Mm-hmm. that somebody else thinks about you. It's not even necessarily true, but focusing on that instead of like all the positive people or the positive messages around you, like that's also a thief of joy. <laughs> do you experience that? I definitely do because I, um, especially when I post an ad, which sucks. Cause I'm like, I, I, it's not, I don't have the, you know, I don't people, people on the internet expect so much, you know, which they don't really have a right to like, especially trolls. And I'm like, I, yeah, not going to tell people that I donate to charity with the money that I get from an ad, but that's what I do. Right. And it's just cause like, that's, that's like what I've always said. If I have a platform, I'm, I give to Jed foundation. I work with Jed foundation a lot. I give to a couple of local charities. And that's why it's so great to have these opportunities to do a sponsored post in order to, to do that. And it's usually brands that I like enjoy partnering with, but I'll get like one negative thing about an ad where it's like sell out or capitalism. And I'm like, well, yeah, we live, we live in America. Like capitalism is here. We are capitalism. Um, but then I'll be like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done, you know, but then it's just, but then I see the the hundreds of other people who are commenting saying boosting for engagement or get that bag or, you know, like, I love this product. You know, it just really brings, brings it back to perspective. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So I hear something amazing happening is that you are launching (gasps) a podcast. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about it and like what made you venture mm-hmm. in this direction? It's so funny because even for years now, I've just had, you know, classic man wanting to make a podcast, but I've always classic said I wanted man. to make <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm a millennial man. Why not make a podcast? Um, but it's not going to be like other men's podcasts. Okay. For those people listening, it's always something I wanted to do. And there's been a lot of different ideas, but then with this rise of my content, you know, and all this stuff, I'm like, well, maybe I do have a voice and I never growing up. I never thought I was funny. I never thought I was charismatic. I was like, not the funny friend. I was the annoying one. <laughs> and it's just so funny that now people are like, you're hilarious. And I still, I'm like, stop lying to me. You know, yeah, <laughs> so like, I don't believe it. Yeah. yeah like, that's I what I was saying so, before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, agree with me that I'm not, <laughs> but then I just, just decided, you know, like maybe I should take this content that I'm doing and put it into some, something longer, something more consistent that, you know, is a passion project for me. Cause I do do these brand deals, you know, I have other things and a couple other things in the works I'm excited about, but this podcast, even if I take $0 away from it, is what I'm most excited for right now, just because I get to connect with people and I need, to, I get to, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of audience engagement in it. So it's basically going to be 20 to 30 minute episodes, very similar to my millennial recaps. So if you're familiar with those, um, very similar to that type of content, there's going to be a guest and it's going to have a lot of audience involvement through my TikTok and my Instagram too. That's fun. What are you mm-hmm. going to talk about? going to talk about uh, millennial <laughs> pop culture. There's a lot of nostalgia talk, current events, 
kind of reminiscing on like old TV shows, music, defining moments. And then each guest who we, we discuss those things along with like corporate anxiety as well, you know, and just basically it's a combination of everything I've talked about in my career, TikTok so far. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it to come out. What's it yeah. going to be called? Millennial Maid. Awesome. Okay, yeah. wait, why do you think that you were the annoying friend? Oh my God, because that's what my anxiety told me. <laughs> and then I would, and then Did I would anyone add, call you annoying? And then I would ask, uh, of course, when I was bullied, you know, because people were insecure, right. you know, and I was just wanting to fit in. So I probably did seem annoying, you know, because I would push myself on people to like fit in, you know, or copy people's trends and all of this. But then I, <laughs> if I think I'm annoying, I ask people if they're annoyed with me, which my therapist and I have helped. I haven't done that in quite some time. But then that people be like, I wasn't annoyed with you, but now I am. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I'm definitely. See, like, you're in for a honey friend. <laughs> yeah. I have the random anxiety that people talk about. I think this is the most common anxiety that I'm like, wait, I thought this, I literally thought I was the only one in this was thinking that your friends have a group chat without you. Oh no. Like a hundred percent. I yeah. have that anxiety. Yeah. There's so many different ways like social anxiety like that can mm-hmm. manifest. Mm-hmm. Give me another really good one. That, that That's a good um, one. The group the social, chat. Yeah. <laughs> the group chat of like, or you're just like talking, like telling a story and then you're like, no one's interested in this and you just stop. No one's listening. Yeah. Just, there have been times where people stop listening and like, okay, I'm done. Because <laughs> I'm, a, you know, I'm pretty long winded, but that's, yeah, that's another really common one for me. It's like, I'll start telling a story. Um, or even now if like I'm with, you know, like collabs are fun with social media people. Like I was at a dinner with, uh, a couple creators and then I'm like, do you guys want to make a TikTok?" And then in my head, their answer was a little iffy, but they were like, sure. And I was like, they said, sure. They don't want to do it. You know, yeah, like they yeah. were like enthused, like, yes, I would love to. And then yeah. I was like, it's okay guys. We don't have to. And like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, no, we, you guys, it's okay. You don't want to. And like, <laughs> we want to. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, you're being annoying. And I was like, I'm annoying. And you know, it was like a full on spiral. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. yeah. That, that's so true. Also, like when, whenever you are, when, mm-hmm. one, like I'm talking, you're mm-hmm. just talking for a long time. You can get like yeah. in, in your head. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the fuck am I talking about? And you're just still going. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you kind of like slowly do yeah. the slow exactly. fade like, out. So I just <laughs> and, think then, yeah. and we went. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Peace, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of this conversation. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado? for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling 
wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, well, speaking of nostalgia, let's do our DST confessions. Great. So we're going, I'm going to get you to confess to something. And the topic that we're confessing about is music. Oh, great. So what embarrassing song have you listened to more times than you would admit? I feel like it's got to be really embarrassing. Not like, oh, you're actually cool. Well, no, I mean, I, I think that's one thing I've I kind of put it out there in the world that I listen to Radio Disney Bops from 2000s, you know. <laughs> um, I think the really embarrassing one that I... <laughs> <laughs> this gets so bad. It gives me so much serotonin, though. Do you remember um, when, like, Raven Simone, Sweet Life, um, <laughs> they all did, like, they used to do these, like, Disney Channel collabs. And one sort of. Them, of. <laughs> they, one of them was them singing A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. I, I think it was like, a combination of a couple of Disney songs. But it was just, like, I remember back in the day I was watching, like, yeah oh my god they're on it like i remember wa- vividly watching it i'm like oh it's them it's them it's them and so, sometimes i'll just put it out in the background now it's like Disney channel all-stars my other embarrassing one would definitely be um hamster dance which everyone knows that one too how does it go can you sing it um it goes <laughs> <laughs> it goes that's a good one yeah Okay, my embarrassing, I have two mm-hmm. embarrassing for different reasons. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time when I was obsessed with Haley Steinfeld's Hell No and Headphones. Hell oh, No yeah. and Headphones. Do you know that song? Yeah. I yeah. would blast it. Like, and it's a, and it's a, I didn't, I couldn't really, re- like, it was just about a girl who was, you know, like, famous but like would not do drugs and like yeah. so she'd just say hell no and put on her headphones yeah. and i would i don't know why i wasn't like, like even in that relate. age yeah. <laughs> yeah like where i was being peer pressured i was just oh like yeah Haley. <laughs> um there's it's so funny that her and zendaya like had quick music careers because now they're like some of the biggest actresses in the world and they just don't talk about it like we don't talk about Wait. zendaya has a music career what what did what does she say? What is it? Replay. Saying? I didn't think that was embarrassing, but I still listen, listen to that one too. If it is embarrassing, Zendaya's replay. It's called she replay. Sang? Yeah, big time. Well, I think one of her t- Disney shows she sang on too. Oh my god! This whole she's a jack of stuff. all trades. Well, she was in she was in Greatest Showman. Remember? The, oh, the that's musical? true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, she was so great. She, she sings. I think. Well, if we're doing that too, I think another one that I've been listening to lately, which is <laughs> I don't know, kind of embarrassing, is Addison Rae's Obsessed song <laughs> it's, it's good it's a <laughs> it's, yeah. i haven't heard it you know, i haven't heard it my, my this one's not embarrassing but the reason i use this song is embarrassing so when i put my daughter to bed mm-hmm. like i hold her up before i like literally put her down after she's eating so with like i if she's not if i'm not reading her a book i just have to like kind of hold her up and i do it over with a timer but instead i just put on taylor's 10 minute version of all too well <laughs> as my like 10 minute timer because it's 10 minutes i've heard a lot of people do that actually (laughs) keep cooking with all too well but so like so oh the song's (laughs) over you know time to go to bed and now but now it's stuck in my head to the point where i am wearing head like i feel like i'm wearing headphones Mm -hmm. and i'm just like humming like just constantly (laughs) and i'm like 
I need to stop. I need to find a different 10 minute song, but yeah. it's just so easy. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any other 10 minute songs. I'm not going to like there. play my kid fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like Dave Matthews band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a jam out band. Like yeah. that's not relaxing. Yeah, no. <laughs> but. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you, Rod. Where I mean, I I'm sure everybody knows where to find you. But just can you give <laughs> a quick reminder? Um, yes. <laughs> no. Touche. Uh, just me. Rod on Instagram, and then Rod on TikTok. R O D. Not That's Rod. great. And everyone yeah. go check out Rod's podcast when it's out. Yes. In February a week 17th. or two weeks. Yeah, February 17th, Amazing. whenever that happens. And that is it for this episode of Diet Starts Tomorrow. Rod will be back with us this Thursday to answer your dear DST questions. So be sure to send them to us, DST at Betches.com. You can DM us at Diet Starts Tomorrow. Follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow if you're going to DM us because like that's poor form. Why not? And yeah. if you like this episode, please write us a review and buy our merch and everything I said in the beginning of the show. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.